The seven seals have been broken. The four horsemen of the apocalypse have come and claimed regions of the ruined earth or what was earth that we knew and were now lost ones uh, trying to navigate our, navigate our way through the apocalypse uh, and Armageddon. Uh, we're going to be talking about a game that's coming to Kickstarter from uh, two publishers that I'm a big fan of. Uh, one is uh, Two Little Mice, and the other is uh, Acheron Books or Acheron Games. Uh, I will tell you that this is coming to Kickstarter on the 15th of February. If you are interested in anything that we are talking about, check out the Kickstarter link in the description below. Uh, and uh, Click on that and, of course, give it a follow. Uh, also, the there is a uh, link for the quick start, which we're going to take a look at tonight and uh, give you our thoughts on. Uh, yeah, we're going to just talk about it because I think it's a really cool project and uh, we'll see uh, what you all think. Let me know in the comments, but stick around. We're going to talk uh, Apocalypse, John's Guide to the... To, what is it? John's Guide to Armageddon. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Victory Condition Gaming. My name is Doug. Today on the show, we're going over the quick start for uh, Apocalypse, the John's Guide to Armageddon. Uh, like I said, this is a uh, Kickstarter coming February 15th. Uh, it's by some really great publishers, some really great artists. Uh, this is a great collaboration between two uh, studios that I'm a big fan of. Uh, if you are interested in, in what we're talking about, please hit that like button down below. Uh, if you haven't already, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe button as well. And uh, yeah, we'd, uh, we're actually going to do an actual play of this uh, when the Kickstarter hits. So I'm really excited about that. And the gentleman that is going to be doing that Kickstarter, or that is going to be doing that actual play with me, is one and only Jason. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Not too bad. I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm. I'm excited for uh, this project that's that's hitting Kickstarter on February 5th, February fifteenth. Uh, I'm very this curious. Is, uh, this is uh, something that they reached out and they said, "Hey, we've got this." Uh, of course, they did Brand Colonia. They did uh, Inferno, which I think you got your copies of that. Uh, yes. The yep. other day, like hey. just a, just a little while ago. Uh, this is another project that's going to have, have the same quality. I have visual aids. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> These books the are beautiful. Oh, this way. Here we go. Uh -huh. So this is this is uh, Virgilo's un Untold Tales. This is part of the setting book, and then there's the main core book, which is uh, Dante's Guide to Hell, and the the artwork alone, and the and the. The layout and everything in this book is top notch. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a really great project from from uh, both companies, and and I'm really excited to see it. Uh, the quality is going to be right up there with uh, with those books uh, in terms of art, in terms of production. Uh, they've said that this is kind of, of course, this. I'll be honest with you, and with and everybody that's watching, this might not be a setting that everybody will be. We'll we'll, we'll get into because uh, it deals with. Uh, the book of revelations in the Bible, basically you, you're playing as uh, people that have, have uh, kind of endured the, the, uh, you know, the Armageddon and, and you're, you're kind of choosing a side between the adversary and was it the, the Lord, the that, throne, uh, the throne. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> so, so it, there might be some issues there that, that you might not, you know, might, but I think they've done a great job. And that's one thing I'm going to say right out of the bat, uh, right off the, right out of the gate is that they've done a really great job with making this 
this whole setting very sensitive to you know that because it could go, be really you know one way or the other and they've done a you really could, good job yeah. of, of uh, you know making sure that they're sensitive with this with this matter uh, with this with the setting um, they've said it's and and I agree it's like Mad Max meets Renaissance dark fantasy and that's a lot to kind of like jumble together but I think it works. We're gonna take a look. I, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, they sent over the quick start, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago to me, and 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 I sent it over to Jason for us to kind of take a look together. Jason's going to be GMing the actual play on the 15th when be. Kickstarter starts, uh, and uh, we're excited to do that. We've got a great cast to head your way. Um, but yeah, I, I, let's. Do you want to just dive right in, Jason, and give our thoughts? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's the whole point of this setting is to just yeah. get right into the middle of it. Let's do it. Let's let's uh, let's bring it right on screen. All right. So you can download this as well, and they've got pre-generated characters, so you can already give this this a, a shot uh, even before the Kickstarter uh, comes uh, comes live on on the fifteenth. But right away, right away, Jason, that cover image, like, yeah. come on, like that cover image will sell a lot of books all by itself. I I don't even know like what the any nominations are going to be for you know <laughs> that are coming up for for cover art. But oh my god! Like yeah. this is I'm I, I'm pretty sure this is the two little mice uh, studio studio that uh, did the illustration and the arts for this the the art uh, pieces for for this book. That is a gorgeous cover illustration. They did not skimp on any of the artwork in these books at all. They really didn't. And uh, of course, the the quick start is a 62 page uh, a quick start. We're just going to go right through it and just kind of show show it off a little bit and give you our thoughts. Uh, I will say that this is a 5e game, yes. so it uses that 5e rule set. And I'll be honest with you, and I've said this multiple times, I'm not normally a big 5e player. Like, I don't like it when publishers just cut and paste, copy and paste, and and put that 5e rule set on for a setting that it probably doesn't apply to. It happens I, more often than you might think. Yeah, just because... I, we understand that 5e is where the majority of the, the industry is. Um, it's it's the easy win. If you're a company and you have an idea and you don't have a game system to put it on, you put it on 5e because you know people are going to say, oh, well, I already know how to play 5e, so this will be easy. Exactly. Um, and that's one thing that it's got, got going really well for it. And, and you know, if your players play 5e uh, and they don't like to change to other systems, this might be a product for you as well. Um, I will say after reading this quick start, I think this is one of the better implementations and the tweaks that they've made to this, this uh, setting and this source material. I think it, it really does a great job with those 5e rule sets and, and that 5e rule set and makes it fit this, this setting. Cause you can't say that with a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of other games, a lot of games, they did, they take a portion that works and then they just kind of shoehorn everything else in on top yeah. of it. Yeah. If you've ever if you've ever uh, enjoyed TV shows like Lucifer or Supernatural, and you want to get your 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 players into it, this is the game for them. This is totally that. Yes, I totally forgot. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say uh, this would be a great segue point to get because it takes it takes the existing like I I don't even I don't know if we should even really call it lore if you want to call it that, but it takes the concept and gives it a twist that makes it entertaining to role play in. Without, mm -hmm. without being overbearing about it, and that is definitely a selling point to this system. 
Absolutely. Uh, we'll just take a look at the, the contents. We've got an introduction. Armageddon uh, kind of goes through a few chapters there. You got people of, the, of Apocalypse uh, and then some chapters there. Creatures of Apocalypse, which I kind of wish they had more in that section. But I'm know. actually kind of glad that they didn't. Yeah, it kind of leaves you. It's a good teaser. For it leaves it up to, over. yeah. Like, I was worried. I mean, I know that the bestiary is going to be expanded beyond what it is right now. They've only got a sure. few examples for us. Um, but I was initially worried that we were basically going to see um, every creature that ever roamed Diablo 3. Sure. Which is a really easy grab because oh, yeah, there's absolutely. all kinds of, there's all sorts of nasty looking creatures and there's all sorts of gross things and they lean a little bit on the mythology of it as well. But I like the fact that you can literally just take any existing creature, give it a slight twist even, um, slap a mark on it and use it in the setting. So you don't need to feel like, oh, well, I don't have any creatures to use here. Uh, you can just, you can grab anything. And I'll, in most of the, well, not most of the cases, but in a lot of the cases too, the creatures are like the, they're like the, um, not, I don't want to say the, they're like the field boss. And if you, if you play video games with field bosses, they're big, they're tough, and they're meant to accentuate the setting more sure. so than, hey, you're fighting 3,000 little gribbly bits that are coming rushing at you. They're they're intended to just evoke the setting more than they are as a beat stick. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, the key to the seal, which I think is the, the adventure in this book. Yeah, I'm that is mistaken. the adventure. Yeah, it starts on page 40. Wow, so you're going to get uh, almost 20 pages or 20, a little over 20 yeah. pages of uh, I think adventure. There's 20-some like there's pages of adventure, and then there's like three or four pages of monsters, and then it's credits and wow. that sort of thing. Are you going to be able to shoehorn all that into an actual play for us? Um, I've already trimmed a few things down uh, right. for in the interest of time because I don't sure. want us to be there for like three days. <laughs> well, I, It's a fairly love, short adventure to start off, though. All right. I, I love the fact that they've given a, a lot of information just out of the gate so folks can really give a good give it a good playthrough just to kind of see if they, they like this or not. They give you enough uh, flavor in the, in the, in the quick start to give you like the, the way to set the ambiance of the setting up for, so that you can properly convey it to your group. Uh, so then we've got the, the credit page, which uh, lead artist, Daniela uh, from uh, two little mice. Uh, she's just amazing. Like, can we just say that? Like I've seen <laughs> household, like that's what I've been reading like lately and yeah. you know looking at this uh yeah uh, how we we need to get daniela like some any awards like yeah Tonto. can, can we get can, can we fast track those for her? we don't even have to have the books out yet we, we're just <laughs> yeah. gonna fast track those <laughs> sight, sight send, send them to her already <laughs> uh let's see here and then uh simeon and ricardo of course those are uh, from uh, two little mice and uh let's see here uh, I recognize some of the names from uh, from reading around on their websites, actually. So, like Samuel and Simone and Ricardo and Daniela, are they all up there in development cases in a lot yeah. in a, like all of their settings? So it's good to see them all working on this as well. Absolutely. Uh, again, another another illustration of the the cover. Uh, just kind of gives you a brief introduction as to what it, what it's about. Uh, it's interesting it, because so many settings rely on you're trying to stop it. You're trying to prevent it. You're trying to put it, they put the genie back in the bottle. But in this, it's too late. It's already happened. You're showing up to the party late. <laughs> so now you just basically have to pick a side and do the best you can. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it just kind of, kind of tells you that, it, that it's happening over the, uh, the book of Revelations uh, and that you're playing uh, these last ones that 
are uh, like the survivors. Uh, and and I gotta tell you that like these black and white illustrations complement those really bright, yeah. colorful illustrations so incredibly well. They like, they they're very like lithographs on. from from like old texts and stuff that you would see like in in religious texts. So exactly, they, they did a great job of it, and they're all wow. unique. They're none of this is rehashed art. This no, is all no. created for the setting. Um. I love this. I love this. Uh, talks about the end times and how the seals were broken and what happened after each seal was broken. So it gives you a good, good background on, on the lead up of uh, the, the setting um, and, and how the earth kind of was changed and was, uh, you know, not that's why it's a good, it's a great overlay setting too. Like, like I said earlier, you can take any world basically and say, okay, this has happened the world is now destroyed. So everything that you think you know, like where there used to be cities and rivers and lakes and mountains, that's all gone. It's all been destroyed, crushed, rearranged, mashed back together, and now you just have to deal with what's left over. Uh, this is, I think, the illustration on one of the um, the other main book that's coming out. Yes. We'll take a look. Yeah. I'm going to show at, at the end of this session. I'll show the three books that they, they've got. They've announced that they're doing three books for this Kickstarter, and. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll show those in, in a little bit. But those are the uh, four horsemen of the, the apocalypse, which is... For just anyone a, who's not familiar, which should like, be like three people. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I would love that just for like a lithograph. Yeah, honestly. Like, I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they throw in some prints. I don't yeah, know. We'll I, see. There was something on the Kickstarter about an art print, but I don't know which fo- uh, art piece it is. Uh, the Plane of Armageddon. This uh, just kind of tells you a little bit about that um it is a bleak world <laughs> yeah it's not uh, not a fun world to live in that's for sure um you get, basically people uh, gather around the throne which is there's two factions in this uh this setting there's the the throne actually i think there's there's three if i'm not mistaken right because there's the th- the people that that are uh, tied to the throne yes. the adversary and then there's like then there's the, babylonia is the babylonia. last it's the last basically free city uh on the on the face of the plains of armageddon uh, so it kind of goes over those factions, the throne, and how they uh, are. Uh, well, it's the the Lord's faction, and uh, yeah, it's uh, those who belong to it can experience life with light, warmth, and abundance of food and water of the holy mountain of the same name. And that's important in this setting because food and water are Very extremely scary. rare resources. There's farmland is basically non-existent. There's no livestock to be had. So if you have access to regular food and water, that is a key item. Absolutely. Uh, the aim of the throne is to fa- is to uh, favor the end times, seeing the divine plan to its conclusion. Then we have the abyss, which is uh, uh, the ones that uh, uh, follow the adversaries faction. And uh, yeah. I like the fact that they don't say good or evil very often in this. They really don't. And, and they I avoid like that. that quite a bit. Yeah. It's nice because like, even in what the description you just read there, you're just there to see the divine plan to its fruition. Who knows what that means? Yep. It's not guaranteed. Like you don't know what that means. <laughs> so yeah, you, you, you're on the, you're on what you call where you're calling the light side. So, okay, cool. You're doing your thing. Doesn't always mean you're going to be the good guys. You know, there's lots of room for movement. 
And then uh, there is the Babylonia, which is the faction that is gathered in the fallen city. The last, the free last ones have taken over the ruins of a city formed after uh, geological disasters of the sixth seal. They uh, repopulated its narrow streets, tended to the gardens and reinforced the spires and bridges. So basically it's a, uh, a spire that uh, rises to the sky and uh, yeah. Now we're getting to some really cool, what I think is where this kind of, this whole 5e, the tweaks of this 5e kind of uh, shine. And that's the marks. Uh, of course, when you follow uh, the, uh, what do we say it was? The, the throne. The throne, that's right. The throne or the adversary. You get a mark for each faction and uh, it kind of tells you where uh, your, your loyalty lies. And also you draw from these marks as well. Uh, certain powers, uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, it's, it's a cool mechanic for 5e. Like, yeah. it's basically it's similar to an inspiration mechanic, um, which used to be pretty much the purview of bards uh, only. They were the only ones who could provide you with any sort of inspiration. And in this, you actually gain the ability to use your mark, uh, use your reaction uh, in combat or in any sort of situation. To you, uh, you can roll your mark dice after that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this mark dice. So. Uh, yeah, I, I really dig this. This, this kind of gives me, I'm trying to think that we've seen this kind of imp implemented in, in other systems. Yeah. It's kind but, of a hybrid actually. It's very yeah. interesting the, the way the, the way they went about it actually, because you don't often see an exploding dice mechanic in 5e. Uh, and I love exploding dice. That's this is mm -hmm. one thing that I really dig about this game is that it has exploding dice and, and like that to me. I love whenever there's a chance, even if it's very, very slim for yeah. exploding dice to to explode. And like when you roll the highest and then you get to re-roll it again and keep adding mm -hmm. it like that creates some really epic moments. Yeah. And that's the, that's the whole point of the mark dice, actually. Like you can yeah. and they have it broken up into two systems. There's it's very simple to use. Um, yep. It's a D4 starting off for everybody, I think, up until level five. And then you go up to a D6 and then it progresses beyond it's, that as you as you go. Yeah, the higher your your ranking, yeah. the, the, but the it, higher the, the die is. At its at dice. its basic level, it's just a dice modifier. So you get into a fight and some something attacks you, and you're like, "Oh wow, it, it hit me, but just barely." Well, I'll use my mark and I'll roll my d4, and then you get to take that number away from the two hit roll, and maybe the bad guy misses you in that instance, and that's the core of the mechanic right there. That's it. Or you could do it. You can do it in the other, in the reverse as well, right? When you're doing an action, you can yes. You can also you can you can you can opt to add to your own rolls as well. Um, but it's, it, I think it only works. I I'm from the mechanics that I've read so far, it only works using your reaction. So right. you have to sacrifice that. So, um, in an instance in combat where you're, you're thinking, Oh, I'm going to try and get this guy to miss me and you sacrifice your reaction and you don't make it, you still get hit and then you've lost your reaction. So it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a, it's a choice you got to make. It's, it's a gamble, but yep. you know, it can create for some really cool moments. I think it can really create cool moments when you roll at one. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and so that's a uh, what, what is a fatal punishment? That's is the that that's the fatal it? punishment. The, I love the four that. is a, a fatal triumph, and the one is a fatal punishment. I love, and there's a there's a chart for fatal yeah. punishments too that you roll on, and so that's the only thing I don't like is they call it fatal, and it's not. It's yeah. really not fatal. You don't just die. <laughs> it's just Extreme it's basically just something I, bad happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you would. Do. But yeah, I did notice that that they call it fatal, fatal, and it's like, mm, is it yeah. really fatal? It's, I mean, it's, 
it's still a quick start, so you never know. They might modify that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and we'll tell you, right, and I should have prefaced all this. Like, this is this is all still work in progress. And I know that they've been developing this game for a while. Um, and I, I can't remember how long they said that they've been working on it, but I think they've been working on it even while they were doing um, Inferno. Uh, so it's it's been in the works for a while. Uh, but th- th- they might change some stuff from this from this quick start. Uh, and so these Mark- are just the core mechanics too, because there's there's actually different aspects of each mark that you can take that will be added to the game later on. They don't tell you very much about that in the quick start, though. Exactly. Uh, and then when he talks about the mark of the beast, uh, this is uh, that that's that mark that we showed earlier, right? Uh, with the yeah the swirly. It's the it's the three swirls, uh, three, yeah. three swirls orbiting each other. And uh, yeah, it, that is a really interesting mechanic. Uh, because of the fact that doesn't it draw on to like cosmic what the, what they say infuse the indiv- individual with dark pulsing energy of the adversary yeah the soul is tainted so much that the metaphor metamorphosis becomes clear to those capable of reading the auras of others so and it then, has a physical manifestation that you can eventually see yeah which is cool it makes it, and they actually go on to talk a little bit about um, spies in the ranks and stuff like that. So you actually have to hide, try to hide your marks, and it's hard to hide your mark because it's the mark like of the throne, you. the mark of the throne is t- tends to be like the golden auras that you see in a lot of lithographs, or you know, brightly shining eyes and stuff like stuff that's not easy to hide. So there's a whole aspect of the game where you have to try and keep who you are concealed. Absolutely. Uh... Additional effects of the Mark of the Beast, additionally to regular used, uh, to the regular use described earlier, uh, you can also use uh, the following effect. When a creature within 60 feet and that character can see makes a roll for the same type of mark as the one chosen by the player, the character can use their reaction roll, uh, a mark dice, and subtract the result. Oh, that's that's the one that you were talking about earlier. That uh, uh, Sort of. This is actually a little bit different. This is... It, with the uh, with the creatures of the adversary, they almost always carry the mark of the beast. Right. So what you're doing is you're influencing their actions because you have the mark of the beast as well. If you're playing an adversary character, so you can literally like when these monsters come attacking, you can alter what they're doing with your mark. Oh, not not, not only making them miss like that's the basic mechanic that they give you. Get but it. and if you want to, you can even try rolling it the other way. So if you're, say you have one of these creatures on your side and you're fighting a bunch of people from the throne and your creature attacks and it's got, oh, I missed, it only missed by two points. I'm going to use my mark and sacrifice my own reaction to add to its to hit roll. So you can sort of channel your, the beast mark in between other creatures that have it. Like power it up almost. Basically, yeah. That's awesome. I didn't. I uh, I must have missed that when I read it the uh, first two times. They have um, also for the beast one. They actually that's the only one that they really do a lot of detail with is the spirit of ferocity, where you can actually use your mark as a um, as an adversary player um, to modify any strength based role. So of course most of your melee attacks are strength based. Sure. You can uh, add or subtract your mark dice to any attack roll that uses strength as a modifier. So. It has to be an attack roll, as far as I know. Um, I don't know if they'll change that mechanic, but imagine if you're in in a situation where you need to lift a heavy gate. Well, you have the spirit of ferocity and the mark of the beast. You know, channel that extra oomph and chuck that gate up as fast as you can. Uh, And then it's got a tail for fatal punishment of the beast, which uh, you definitely do not want those. 
Some of them are pretty rough. Yeah. Some of them are actually really cool. <laughs> Uh, and then this goes over the last ones. This is uh, People of the uh, Apocalypse. Uh, so uh, basically the last ones are mortals who are still alive on the plane of Armageddon. And uh, yeah. They also, they, they go out of their way and it's to say generally it's humans because right. that's sort of setting specific. But they do have a caveat. Right. They're saying you can play characters from any uh, any sort of lineage you want. You could you, know, like you, can, play, you can play Dragonborn or uh, sure. elves or dwarves if you really choose to. Um, but the setting itself is specified towards humanity because it's the struggle of humanity against the adversary. So and there's that little disclaimer right there for yeah. other races and all that. Um, again, really awesome, awesome art. Uh, last one traits, character options, children. So this is the other thing that I liked a lot is like you can play a child of the old world or the child of the apocalypse. Basically, you could either play as as a as someone that went through. You know, as the world was, you know, as yeah, as the world was falling apart, yeah, <laughs> and falling apart, or you can actually be someone that actually was raised after that, and and yeah. I, I thought that's really neat. And the sins and virtues mechanic is also cool. Like you, every character has a sin and a virtue. Every character, yeah, right. uh, it's it's. Um, I guess you you shouldn't really force it, but it's intended for gameplay purposes, and it's a really simple system to gain inspiration because you get. A sin and a virtue, and if you role play either of those, your GM can say, "Hey, you just role played something on your virtue or something or some aspect of your sin. Take a take an inspiration dice, and it removes the mechanic from the character's hands, but it, it makes it easier for the GM to say, "Okay, I want to give my characters a bit of an advantage coming up here. So as they're role playing, I'm going to give them uh, a variety of inspiration dice as they go." You can also play as Hellrisen, which uh, basically. Uh, people that uh, have been <laughs> resurrected from uh, the grave. Yep. And, Just like uh, in Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, I kind of like that really has me interested. Like, that I, would be I an interesting play. thing to role play, I think. Yeah. A spirit yeah. come back and just could, like resuming life in a body that they just happened to find someplace and being like, I'm back. <laughs> and, and, and imagine if that was, that was a person that had like perished before all this happened and then like you came back and like this is what you're you're coming back yeah. to and it's just totally think, not the earth that you're normally yeah you, you think maybe you're coming back to um idyllic and you know oh this is going to be amazing i've got a second chance and you're just like what the heck did you guys yeah. do <laughs> so many cool options with this uh with this setting uh it gives you four new archetypes uh the furioso which is like a like a fighter Sort Warrior, of a berserker type of class, yeah. Yeah, uh, sorcerer of otherworldly bloodline. Love this. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Uh, bard of revelation, which is a new bard arch archetype, mm. and a wormwood specter, which is a new bard college. Not to be uh, confused with the company of the same name. <laughs> and those are just the four that are in this this quick start. I'm sure that there's gonna be more for the the final release uh, as well. But yeah. The Furioso is, uh, I love the fact that they're like a fancy pants uh, berserker. Is yeah. basically they're basically the, like if, if you were to take like a fop out of a Renaissance fair with all their frilly frou-frou and everything and then give them a, like just a gigantic nasty weapon and an attitude to go with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, again, like let's just look at the art. The art's super rad. Uh, they usually have like a big sword and they're just... You know, I they're think beat they, sticks. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then that's uh, more there. The Sorcerer of Otherworldly Bloodline. These are uh, powers that uh, have left a permanent mark upon all the lineage of the world. Basically, a spark of cosmic power, which still survives this day, uh, it, like it imbued in these uh, in these people, and they can tap into it. Uh, this is this is how they justify the existence of non-standard magic in a in a revelation style game. Sure. I just think that that's super. It's rad. a really cool way to do it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's no schools of magic or anything. It's just you have this, you've been touched by cosmic powers, and this is how you do what you do. Uh, let's see here. The Bard of Revelation. This is my favorite. This is your favorite? All right. I'll yeah. let you go with it. What, what, is, what is the this Bard is, of Revelation? The, uh... the, the Bard of Revelation is basically a doom prophet. Um, they're, they're not going around with a lute or a flute or a guitar or whatever the heck you want to have them have. It's just, it's a guy who has studied and learned about all of the things that have gone down, all of the seals breaking, all the horsemen, and all the aspects of the final battle. And he goes around basically educating on this fact and you can use inspiration still as a bard, but it's not singing and songwriting. Usually it's just you know, uh, like poetic eddas and that sort of thing to you inspire, to inspire your, your allies or possibly detract from your adversaries. But I like the fact that it's not, you know, the standard, you know, I'm a schmoozy bard. I'm going to hang out in the tavern and see who I can seduce for information. These guys are basically just like foot soldiers trying to educate and empower people for on, on a more visceral level, which is really cool. Absolutely. Uh some really cool options and they're like the emo i like to say that they're like the emo of the apocalypse. <laughs> they are they are yeah <laughs> look at that uh so cool i mean come on the, the artwork is just so rad uh the wormwood yeah. specter which uh i forget what this one this one does is it uh, it's oh yeah this is the one that has like the cloud around it right and it like yeah. That's the, that's the Wormwood, yeah. That's the Wormwood Shadows, yeah. They're basically a rogue that's got built-in poison (laughs) and built-in stealth options. Like, they can literally create this miasma around them and use it to hide in, uh, which allows them to do a lot of their rogue archetype abilities without having to justify it in role-playing by saying, okay, I've jumped out of the shadows once and I've stabbed this guy. I'm going to slink into another shadow. That just sounds silly. So right. instead, the Wormwood Spectre is just like, well, I'm going to generate this miasma for part of my round. And that obscures me to the point where I can still function as a rogue in combat. Because a lot of rogues, it's just like, hey, I've got the one big big hit. And then afterwards, I'm just stabby, stabby, pokey, pokey. Again, more arts. And then, of course, we get the Creatures of the Apocalypse, which, uh, yeah, this this looks like something I would have seen in like uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. Is that that's kind of like that's what I get <laughs> yeah. immediately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, look at that. That's just I, I don't want to go up against that. That doesn't look like no, very no, much thank fun. you. Yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, you might have to. I mean, that's up to me. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> uh, and then they give you the te- the uh, four horsemen, uh, and they kind of tell you what region that they all kind of. Uh, yeah, they all have kingdoms now because right. they've they've come and gone. They've done their bit. They've they came back. They did. They brought all the plagues, and that's the thing too. All of this, all of the plagues, the biblical plagues, have happened and are still ongoing. Like that's the reason why you can't grow crops because there's constant blood rains. And well, gee, you know, bloody rain probably not good for growth. 
Um, and none of the horsemen have taken a side, so they're just kind of doing nope. their own thing. Just That's not what they're for yet. And then the key to the seal, I'm not going to go into this because we're going to play it, and I don't want to. That is the adventure. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of uh, uh, material here, lots of scenes. Uh, oops. Let me see here. There's still some excellent art in that in the adventure aspect. Yeah, too, I just wanted to scroll through it just yeah. to kind of show off. And then you got the calamities, uh, t- calamities table, which I'm sure we'll probably find out about that. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Well, there's a there's a calamity um, table for every domain. So nice. Uh, we're just gonna we're, we're we're gonna go through this rather quickly, just in that way. Uh, look at that. One thing too, actually, there's no. Um, really detailed map for this it's just a ruined world with a few a few areas dotting it that are important to people and you kind of almost explore it as a hex crawl you move into an area and that's what the calamity tables are for if depending on whose domain you're in you roll dice to see what you encounter so you might adventure for the day and the gm will roll on the calamities table and be like oh you've run into a river of molten lava in the middle of nowhere for no apparent reason so you can actually modify your map as you go, which is a very cool mechanic that has been become really popular lately. I, uh, I think like like I said, I I don't play a lot of five E. I think this is a really cool setting, and I I did have I grew up in a religious background with a religious background, and I read this and I was like, oh, they took some really great steps to make this not to to, to make this sensitive for for uh, mm. the setting. So. I think that uh, they've done a terrific job with this with this product and, and this uh, this you know project so far. Uh, I'm excited to see what uh, what everything entails. Uh, I will show you that uh, they are putting out three books. Mm-hmm. We've yeah, got the core rule right book, uh, the core setting book, Monsters of the Armageddon, which of course is uh, bestiary, and yep. then the Book of Revelation, which. I'm hoping they just aren't putting the book of revelation from the Bible <laughs> in a hardcover no, book. That'll just like be like search material. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll be your book for your lore and your fluff and building out your areas when you play basically, I think. But yeah, I, those books. I'm really, gonna... I'm a big fan of how they've done this because based on Dante's, if it's anything like Dante's and I'm positive, it's going to be like Dante's. They, they give you the mechanical frameworks. They give you a lot of concept ideas and then they get out of your way. There's not a thousand tables. You're not going to be referencing these books over and over and over, looking for a page number to quote a rule or a citation something. They're really good at giving you a really rich, detailed setting that you can just adventure through and be in the background of. Yeah, I, I don't get behind a whole lot of 5e like projects. Me either. But <laughs> this is one that I, I'm really stoked to, to uh, see hit Kickstarter and see how it, how well it does. I, if it's any indication of like what, if, if this is like the spiritual successor of Inferno, it'll be a great is, game. This is going to be a great game. Yep. Like without a doubt. Yep. Um, so if you've even taken a look at brand Colonia or uh, Inferno, like this should be the next step up that uh, people are going to look at. It's it's a different kind of role-playing that they're asking you to do with the 5e engine, which you yeah. don't get a lot of. You don't you really don't. get a lot of that. Most 5e systems is just like, hey, here's everything you've played before, but we gave it a different name and some different stats, and we colored it purple. 
And I love how they, they've made it. It does it it does appear to feel like a different game. Like it's not like you're just playing five mm-hmm. E, yeah. you know, like well, which is in the fine. entire Kickstarter, not, there's almost no mechanics related to five E. Right. They know you already know how to play 5e. They know you know the framework, so they're not going to waste your time by giving you a dissertation on how to play 5th edition. It's just pointless. You know it. This is just to help you play something different. And this this isn't me knocking 5e by any by any stretch either. Uh, I play 5e with my friends. It's not my go-to system, but like I said, I love it when publishers and they when they do something different with that system and they make it unique for the setting. And they make it feel like you're playing maybe not entirely 5e, but something that's a little more elevated. And I think this is this is definitely that. It does a good job of showing you what 5e can be when you step away from traditional 5e. Absolutely. There's a lot of value to the system that doesn't get exposed a lot the way a lot of people release supplements for it. Yeah. No, I... February 15th, folks. If you're watching this uh, before that date, uh, like I said, go check out the uh, the Kickstarter link in the description uh, below. Uh, also, I, I will tell, tell you that if you'd like a copy of this Quick Start, they, they do make it available. You just have to sign up and uh, there's a link for the Quick Start in the description mm-hmm. as well. Uh, you just you know click on that link and it'll bring you to their website and you just kind of put in your email address and they'll even send you an email uh, when when the Kickstarter launches too. But uh, I would ask that you go and, and follow the Kickstarter before the, the launch date uh, because uh, I have a feeling they do, that this is... They have some really cool stuff. Like yeah. if they do anything like what they did with Dante's, the Kickstarter stretch goals and stuff like that will be uh, actual quality content. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. This, this, this duo together has me really excited. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I can't stress that enough. Like I know one or the others, are, you know, I know they've collaborated before, but man, this one, it just seems like they really have it. Like, They've got a in good motion and, and they've yeah. got a good synergy going and that's, they know what that's they the word I was gonna use. I was gonna say they have a really excellent synergy going right now and they're capitalizing on that. Yeah. So let me know. Let, let us know in the in the comments uh, if if you're gonna sign up for it, if you're gonna back it. Uh if you've downloaded the quick start and, and, and taken a look at it, let us know what you think because I, I, I'm really curious as to what others people think because or come follow along on the 15th and heckle us in chat. If I get yeah, something wrong. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to play this on the 15th, uh, the evening of the 15th, uh, their first day of uh, the campaign. So uh, we're really excited and we want to thank, uh, I, I just want to say, say thank you to uh, Acheron and, and uh, two little mice for uh, letting us have an early look at this, this project. And yeah, and this is really they, cool. they've, uh, they've talked to me. We've been talking a little bit behind the scenes, back and forth about uh, things and, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate them reaching out and, and seeing what we think. And uh, I'm excited to drag you guys across the plains of Armageddon. I'm sure you will. You'll, <laughs> you'll rake our souls across the. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll man. find a way to make it a little silly here and there. <laughs> that never happens on this show. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, <laughs> Anyway, if you enjoyed this, uh, we're, we're thinking about doing more of these uh, in. Uh, upcoming episodes where we take a look at quick starts and 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 give our thoughts on uh, certain projects if you like that kind of content let us know by hitting that like button down below and uh if you are a fan of tabletop games and uh, rpgs and all sorts of publishers creators designers hit that subscribe button we'd love to have you as part of our, our youtube community we'd love to support and 
you know, get the word out about uh, various projects that are that are hitting the market uh, within the tabletop scene. And and uh, we're really, I really appreciate the fact that uh, we've got a great community of of people that uh, seem to really enjoy a lot of the projects that we showcase here. We are energetically enthusiastic. Try to, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Appreciate you as always. Most welcome. Everyone, thank you for tuning in this far if you've watched all this far. So remember, winning shouldn't be the only victory condition when you get to the table. We'll see you next time. Bye now. I just want to say thank you again for consuming this content. I really have a passion for creating content uh, and an extreme gratefulness for being able to have a small part in helping uh, tabletop designers, creators make their projects a reality. Uh, there's something really, really special about that. And uh, if you'd like to uh, support us more, you can check out our Patreon. Uh, we have all sorts of perks, and I have a $10 a month RPG book club where I send you two signed RPG books uh, a year. Uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, but mostly, I'd love it if you hit that subscribe or follow whatever uh, platform you're on. It is extremely, extremely uh, humbling, and, and I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much.